0: Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I am Allie Kessler, currently a student and a seeker of rhythms, both cosmic and earthly.
1: And I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne. I'm a writer, poet, theoretical naturalist, and a mystic. Interested in decomposition, beauty, and resonance.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome to our, I guess, are we calling it like those Zodiac seasons? Like is this our Aquarius season one? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I don't know, yeah. I feel like yeah. we've just kind
1: of we've morphed, morphed into, into
0: that. Into that. <laughs> it's an easy way for us to keep track of Yeah, yeah. I think it seems to be our main kind of system we tap into so anyway welcome to our Aquarius season um, podcast so uh, we are doing this on the full moon night and so we have a beautiful Leo full moon and we had a long pre-talk that has all sorts of interesting (laughs) Aquarian (laughs) themes that all
1: One of these days, you guys can buy tickets to the (laughs) pre-talk. It's really good. It's
0: really good. (laughs) And just so you know, that is the only prep we do. We meet for like an hour before and we just have have a conversation. That's our plan. (laughs) And so this is why we're so structured in this (laughs) podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, like usual, to kick things off, to kind of get our jumping off points we each draw a card from the knowing deck by seal grove sort of asking the question of um what uh what's a good message both for ourselves and to bring up generally in this podcast for this season so i picked seal plus valerian it says, spend time with your dreams, connect with your imagination. Both seal plus valerian are associated with the watery sides of us, the feminine, the underworld, the unconscious, and the unseen. Um, that is my jam, by the way, so <laughs> speak in my language. Um They are allies in both the dream world and in this material reality, though their presence is a call to attend to what has been offered through our imaginative and dreaming selves that we have not given proper attention to. We are quick quick to write off our dreams or intuitions, and both these teachers remind us to slow down and pay great attention instead. Valerian is used as an energetic remedy to shift self-doubt and judgment, both experiences that immediately block access to our inner wisdom. She is also a marvelous sleep aid and can be used to induce and nourish our dreaming lives. You'd have to try that. Valerian for... Mm -hmm getting into my dreams. Um, Seals were often believed to be souls in a bardo in-between state in some historical cultures. Their sad eyes expressing the longing to be human again and to feel all that we feel. She reminds us, because perhaps she knows of our experience here all too well, to both attend to and heed our imaginative and unconscious selves and to trust that the messages that we... uh, that are just as, or more important than the feedback we may receive um, in consensual reality. What have my dreams and imagination been offering me? Woo, where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, it's really interesting getting this because I am a good sleeper, and since basically the first big alignment in 2020. I've really gotten into some weird sleeping patterns and really struggled to sleep well. And I've had little moments here and there where I can get back into what I used to know as sleep. And it got really bad again at the start of this year. And the last few nights I have been out early and long and hard and it's back to where I used to Mm -hmm. be so I'm like oh maybe I'm somehow returning back to a pattern that I got knocked off of with those conjunctions
1: that'd be nice so I love
0: getting this card that's kind of getting back to the sleep and the dreams that I love so much that have been really hard for me to access so A. that really practical thing (laughs) um but B tuning into imagination and dreams in a more intuitive way. I definitely am feeling that general call to go under. Like I've I've been exploring a lot with school of like which path I'm supposed to take in life and just opening all the doors but not knowing which one <laughs> to go through. Which is fine. That's just the phase yeah. I'm in and I'm embracing that of just flirting with all the different possibilities but I'm feeling more and more seriously like that door that I'm supposed to actually like commit to is impending Mm -hmm. and approaching very soon so I'm feeling this kind of like kind of a panic I guess of like how to choose if it's just going to choose me like what it's going to I don't know just there's a little bit of like uncertainty and like feeling like that's coming and a little bit nervous about it but um but I, I like this reminder of like self-doubt or these things kind of block you from your intuition and magic and your feminine realm that I you know and anything I do really want to commit to and it's sort of this reminder of Um, sciences, as much as I really think it's helped kind of balance my brain, um, it feels stale to me, too. I'm not knocking on science, it has its place and its beauty, but it for how I function naturally it's very formulaic and stifling to me so I'm like I don't I don't know it's weird I don't quite know where I'm gonna fit yet but (laughs) I feel like it's getting close anyway (laughs) there's been some panic and this card is really nice to like yeah really lean into the intuition and the dreams and I think it will that will help me just more naturally go there wherever there is.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think it's hard to when you're in when you're surrounded by scientists and most scientists, you know, they have a more clear path of where they're going yeah. and what they're doing and and I think being a creative person in the sciences and someone who does lean on their intuition probably makes you feel a little even more like, well, What am I going to do? Everyone else seems to have a clear path. Sure. Yeah. I'm just. I have
0: big imaginations of like, if I could get funding and mentorship and a team and equipment to do very specific things, I would do it. But I know there's no way the things I would want to do. Would well, be there's all
1: there's plenty of, accepted
0: in the scientific
1: community. <laughs> there's plenty of science, like
0: rogue quote unquote yeah, scientists, yeah.
1: who end up getting lots of private funding. Yeah,
0: and that's what I would have to get. Yeah. So. And maybe, who knows? I think the
1: earthing stuff is all. kind <laughs> of cool.
0: No, like I just I want to um, prove astrology yeah. to science. <laughs> So if anyone out there wants to to fund Allie and her lab,
1: you know how to get in touch with her. (laughs) Uh, Mine was very similar. I drew water. Um, So again, yeah, we're on the water theme tonight. So it says, uh, our current evolutionary transformation is guided by water and fire. And water is the yin. The feminine energy of this dance water is the energy of our creativity and represents the practice of surrender and of softening when faced with challenge the tenacity and strength of this element is not based in force or aggression but in patient and dynamic presence it is incredible to me how often the health challenges and even psychological issues people experience are because of dehydration or a lack of connection to the water element Yet if you reflect on our culture, it makes sense. We are not taught to surrender because that is seen as weakness or to truly be patient because that is seen as ineffective. And this, psychologically rigid, this psychological rigidity is reflected in the rigid emotions and bodies of those who live it out. To be connected with the water element is to trust the process of our lives and thus it is essential for knowing and the path of knowing it is so much of what humankind is being reminded of right now. We can certainly have too much water, yes, but in modern culture, this is infrequent. More often than not, we need more water, more surrender and feminine patience in our lives. Where am I resisting flow? Where am I being impatient with myself or others? Oh, well, so <laughs> right on all of it. Um, I, you know, as I, thinking of flow and kind of this more yin aspect and more kind of, you know, and we, for me and and thinking of personally, like, and creatively where, you know, where am I going next? And I just, last week, submitted my first book proposal, which was a big hurdle to get through, and now it's one of those things of like, oh, I've done one, now I know how to do it, and you know first book proposal never works (laughs) so it's like but now I feel like okay now I know what I'm doing and they'll be easier but then also I've had this resurgence of um, kind of thinking of that natural flow like where do I go creatively like where Mm -hmm. do I spend my time and it's like poetry Yeah. like that is my natural flow and I think I resisted it uh I, I can't totally resist it um because it just it has my whole soul. And anyone who follows me on Instagram knows how much I love poetry and it's part of my daily everything. It's how I think, it's just it's everything. And um and I'm realizing with this card like how much I've I've resisted the you know, like Bringing poetry to the forefront of what I put out creatively, because I think, oh, it's poetry. Like nobody <laughs> likes poetry.
0: It's having a moment though. And that's
1: when I, you know, and I've been like, okay, <laughs> the whole like um, Amanda, Gorman. Amanda Gorman thing, and just like I was like, okay, people are sort of getting a taste for it, and and with how I want to present poetry and work with poetry is very much it's
0: it's like in her vein more rhythmic and
1: yeah and for me like and you'll see like I'm working on a project that I'll be putting out soon but and working on a lot of content around it and a lot of the content around it is like you know how to poetry how Mm -hmm. to how to experience it how to approach it and a lot of what I write about poetry is poetry is music and we have to start thinking Mm -hmm. of, of it like that and it needs to be heard see and i think of astrology as music Mm, yeah totally yeah Yeah. patterns rhythms yeah Yeah, so for me everything is a rhythm Mm -hmm. and that's how i you know if i'm going to use this word judge poetry is if it has a good rhythm yeah and if
0: and there's things that um you and your brother thought about mm -hmm. something for me and i Actually, it could use a good refresh. You'll have more okay. thoughts because I like took away maybe like one uh-huh. big note of it, but I was like, "What could you theorize with music, especially like piano, mm-hmm. um, with things working in opposite directions?" Mm-hmm. And you guys kind of came back with this thought about how your hands are yeah. mirrors of each other, they're opposite, mm-hmm. and this,
1: I don't know. So when you're put, when you're going in, when you're, when, if anyone plays the piano, and if you just put your hands out in front of you with palms facing down, and your thumbs touch, and when you play the piano, And when you work your way out, you have the same fingering, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. So everything is working. So there's this even though the things are moving apart, they're moving
0: together. Yeah. Um and that's how like for me and you maybe have a similar sense of poetry, but with for astrology, there's always these dual forces at work. Yeah. There's something with music with that to me that's like, there's something that's right, and there's intervals, and intervals, there's intervals in there
1: that, and so it's, and there's octaves, and with each octave though, it's it's not a truly mathematical octave, and things have to do with tones Mm. and pitch, and so it gets really like.
0: I really need to take music theory,
1: (laughs) no, yeah, and to me, poetry is music, so, Mm -hmm. so. For me, the way that people talk about so in a way, it's like enjoying poetry. If you read poetry just on a page silently, to me, it's the same thing as looking at sheet music mm-hmm. and just looking at the sheet music and expecting yeah. to like to feel it and know it and, and unless
0: you're like a very seasoned poet who might yeah be a
1: like unless you're a musician if you're yeah. a musician a, a composer or a musicologist then you can look at that sheet music and you have a different approach with it but for me poetry should just be heard most people yeah. just want to hear it and feel it and it's it's beyond the words don't worry about the yeah. words anyway i'm getting into all of this but uh my point is is that I'm really passionate about poetry, obviously, and I have a lot to say about poetry and the way that we approach poetry in our culture is all wrong, even I think most academics don't get it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the more complex a poem is, the more we have to get out of our head. Just like with music, the more complex the rhythm is, the more you have to let go and get out of your head and get into your body. And so, when you think of those, like, polyrhythmic, yeah, you know, the music of, like, a lot of African countries that's polyrhythmic, in order to play that stuff, or to jump into it, you have to get out of your head, it's a total, and that's how poetry is, you have to get out of your head, and mm-hmm. you can't get stuck on the words, blah, blah, <clears throat> blah, so here I am, still talking about poetry, and I'm trying to stop, <laughs> and get back to the point, um, and that's the flow that's back to the, the thing that i naturally could talk about forever write about forever i could write poetry forever i want to read it and and have an online archive of poetry you can just listen to like you can listen to music have genres like you have genres and music and i've been resisting it because i think oh it's just poetry And people, and I'm gonna get pushback from everyone. I'm gonna get pushback from the academics. I'm Mm -hmm. gonna get pushback. You know, I worry, I think too far ahead. Yeah. And now I'm just like, I'm just gonna do it. And I've already set some things in the process of getting it done. So you will soon see, hopefully in the next month or two, what I've been working on. And, um, but yeah, it's just that surrendering and it's and I feel like poetry is this kind of yin art it's one that doesn't get seen or heard a lot mm-hmm. it has been in the shadows and I feel like it's it's something that most people want to understand yeah most people want to experience but it's just been overcomplicated, by people and it doesn't need to be as complicated as people have made it and so um I think softening into that is gonna be really nice and it will feel
0: refreshing <laughs> like water. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm going to recruit a couple of rappers for you.
1: I know I was actually gonna, I th- was like I know, I was like, I'm gonna have to tap into <laughs> Allie's database. Of, You're very
0: soft with it. Yeah. I'm like I love the poetics of rap. <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's the thing is like but also some of the <laughs> poetry that I read I think that some of the, I think people would be surprised at some of the poetry yeah. they read just on the page. they think it might be very soft, soft or classical or whatever but if you read it out loud all of a sudden it has yeah. a rap rhythm and mm-hmm. you're surprised and it's like, what? Yeah. And so I think that's what I'm going to be most excited for is for people to be totally surprised by these Uh, poems that they thought they knew what it was about and then they're going to hear and feel the rhythm and they'll be like totally shocked. Yeah. This is not what I thought this was. I love it. Yeah, so. I'm I'm not going to talk about poetry for the rest of the night.
0: (laughs) Oh, stop. You will. I will. You probably will um but i love that we both drew these water it relates to the winter quarter to me is the water quarter and kind of this time of detaching and sort of yeah finding a different otherworldliness flow to life (laughs) in the aquarium like the midwinter it's a little bit more electric but like current I don't know. Is it tides or I don't know? Is the
1: element associated with Aquarius water
0: though? No, it's air. Oh, it is air. Um, it's weird because it's the water bearer is what the Uh sign like the symbol is, but it's an air sign. Gotcha. (laughs) And I think it's sort of talking about there is like a lot of moisture in currents that happen in air, Mm -hmm. and that sort of. Really what it's relating to. It's very humid air. Humid air, I guess. <laughs> humid, cold, wintry yeah. air. Um, And it's bringing, you know, it has a lot of relationship to the ionosphere where it's bringing um, kind of the, the solar flare charges, bringing the negative aspect of those down to the earth through lightning. And the positive charge up above, and has sort of that you know kind of bridges that relationship through the air, and there's definitely moisture involved in that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just trying to find water Such everywhere right now. We're trying to find water
1: wherever we can. We live in a desert in all the ways.
0: Yeah. Um. So diving into Aquarius season, it's an interesting one in many ways. So themes of Aquarius it's the 11th of 12 signs so it has elements to it that are very elderly and it's starting to detach it's starting to see constructs that has been um boxed into and wanting to liberate and break free which comes with potentially both bitterness and feelings of liberation or more of one or the other um This Aquarius season, um, in terms of taking how I like to take the signs through sort of 19-year journeys, is, uh, in the eighth of 12 phases, and so it has this kind of scorpionic tone in it, at least in the first half of this season. We'll switch midway through, um, which I think we're about nine or ten days away from, so maybe I'll cover both the progressions. (laughs) Uh, But right now we're kind of digging into where are the big blocks in Aquarian themes? Where are there things that need to be torn up, renovated, um, witnessed that have become toxic and stuck or leaking and fixing our empowerment around these things? And what's interesting is Aquarius has two rulers, a traditional ruler, which is Saturn. And then it's a more modern ruler, which is Uranus. And Saturn is in Aquarius this year. And so it's like, what is A, stuck with that scorpionic progression around Aquarian themes? And what do we want to break about how we break things? Because the (laughs) ruler is in its own sign. So like, how is liberation... Um, a construct (laughs) or how our you know An Aquarius really relates to group lives group life or group um all of the air signs have sort of a a harmonizing effect they do with relationship and with like Gemini that's your internal yin and yang with Libra that's like one on one things and with Aquarius it's like group to group so how are group to group relationships right now they're pretty intense scorpionic but also looking at this ruler in aquarius there's something stale about groups in general we're all too fixed we're all brittle we're all pretty dogmatic we're all pretty yeah like um we're a little yeah it's become echoey it's become yeah a little stale and brittle in my point of view the other ruler, Uranus, is in Taurus, and that has to do with the Earth, with value systems, self-worth, voice. And I feel like it's kind of this liberating thing to even like want to break from high tech. Like it's a, it's a little bit radical to break from something high tech or innovative to return to simple. And, like, yeah. Taurus wants the simple pleasure, the senses, like, to mold the earth, to touch the earth. And so there's something where, like... Farms! Yeah, so, like, <laughs> farming is having a whole revolution. There's... Yeah. We've dug into a lot and have more work to do there. But, like, you see in India, they're having a whole war about farmers Mm -hmm. (laughs) there like there's a lot of uprising and breaking and cracking around how uh, we use the earth relate to the earth um how humanity in general finds pleasure in the material um, molds with material appreciates and respects the material um the earth yeah, it seems to be there's a move from
1: that material kind of uh what we would call consumerism yeah. to a different kind of materialism to that that more simplicity, mm-hmm. like going direct to the earth. It's almost yeah. like I feel like, you know, there's this like model of direct to consumer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just like the real direct to consumer <laughs> is just like going outside. Yeah. You know? Like For sure. If you wanna like you know not be bored and feel satisfied in your life like rather than buying another product on Amazon why don't we just like go outside like that's direct to consumer Mm -hmm. like here's something material that's I don't know Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah so yeah there's some interesting things going on and um I can attest part of our Pre-conversation, we definitely got into and got out and purged some of our bitterness <laughs> moments of the now. I'm never bitter. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like, it wasn't anything serious. No. I was just like, just needed to vent out some things, noticing that we're like... Yeah. Uh, and it was... More directed in a lot of ways at like groups, why do people in general do this thing? Right and why is this it the only way and why isn't there it? more room yeah. for
1: for difference and yeah
0: yeah so it's more directed at kind of this general
1: and even in the groups that you know are all about diversity and whatever like yeah. but are they really yeah. you know like but to to a point. You know, like, yeah. within our box, we do diversity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think that is, as humans, we're drawn to patterns. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and it just, it makes life easier on our brains if everyone just does it the same. Because sure. then we can categorize and put it in the box and whatever. But it's just like, at some point, too, doesn't, I think, right? We're at that point where that's so, that's tiring us you yeah know, like now it's taking so much effort i don't know it's starting to be that like just uninspired heaviness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like i don't think this is any i think this is making
0: things harder yeah and it's blocking the flow it is and in general groups we had kind of just talked about academia and sciences being very, very formulaic, but I think you could apply that to every group I can think of right now really mm-hmm. feels formulaic to me. Like, well, really? and that's our
1: generation of the algorithm yeah, and data. Exactly. And it's like, it literally has become formulaic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> it is formulaic. Our, in yeah. Every institution... Even art, even like, you know, like putting together my book proposal. Like I, I had a friend kind of helping me, like coaching me out a little, coaching me a little bit, and he just kept saying, you know, I hate to say it, but you gotta like, make it like, what's gonna be the product of this thing, you know, and what's gonna be, you know, you you've got to have this formula, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you know, if you do A B C, you get X Y Z. And it's just like, man, everything has yeah. got
0: to have a formula, and it feels so blocked from fluidity, then and from right spontaneous anything. I well, want intuition, <laughs> right? Go so back to that, yeah. to that idea. And that's, like, like on my end with academia, um, you know, in, in scientific writing, you kind of already go in like you don't naturally know how to. Well, I didn't naturally have <laughs> to write scientifically, so that was that was its own thing. I expected that to be dry, but like even in um, you know, writing about literature, it's very formulaic. it's very formulaic, and I tried to be. Initially, I had a few. I've had a few classes now on this, and. I really struggled to figure out what the teachers wanted from me, and I like to push myself and I like to make leaps that are unpredictable and unique and exciting, and they just weren't having it, and I finally kind of gave in and like, I'm gonna do what you're telling me to do, but this is, like, it can't be right because it's so easy. And I finally did that. And they were like, brilliant. And I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So I just kept following the formula because that's what they wanted. And that's what was getting me A's. And it was so boring and so uninspiring. And to me, it was frustrating. Yeah, to me,
1: to use a music metaphor, (laughs) um, it feels like if you were to have like a classical composer um quote unquote editing like sure. a jazz musician's <laughs> improvisation you know like like yeah. mm, you know, like, <laughs> you really you know like you're really pushing it to the edge and the jazz yeah. musician is like ah uh-huh, yeah yeah but it's like my audience you know the jazz musician can be like my audience is up and dancing yeah you know your audience is Barely, yeah. breathing. <laughs> so, <laughs> barely breathing, so barely breathing, right? And I say that as someone who loves classical music, I have lots of that on my playlist, yeah. But, um, but it is that sort of just like I feel like in in this, you in, in a lot of our lives, we've it's all very classical music it's all very scientific it's all very formulaic and we don't have a lot of that improv and the intuition and that
0: playing and, and I guess you know in some ways maybe this comes with the territory of complex civilization that has grown rapidly in so short a time as you need some predictability and that brings stability but it doesn't seem stable even though we've
1: Well, to me, it's predictable
0: rhythms, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, I think we've seen that the stability has been an illusion. Yeah, exactly. And it's only been stable for some people. and Mm -hmm. Right? So it's just like, stable for who? Yeah. And not for most
0: of us, actually. I think for very Earth-oriented people who like boundaries and Mm -hmm. structure and dependability... But we are moving into the air paradigm. So I don't know. I'm looking forward to see if that shakes things up a bit. We're ready. We've been we're ready. ready. <laughs> We've been ready. <laughs> Anyone
1: listening to us for a while knows we are ready for the shake-up. Uh, I think we're seeing the beginning of it. But I still think that people are wanting to get back to whatever they thought was predictable. Um,
0: but yeah, I... I feel like you could, any one of you listening could think of like what group or genre of something you function in and where are you feeling like really tired and still and uninspired by yeah. the formulaic nature of it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I can speak to that again of just with like the writing world and just like it's rare that I. Find a book of fiction that I love Mm -hmm. anymore because most of them are so formulaic. And you you read the first chapter and you're like, I know where this is going. Yeah, this is gonna be. And even there's plenty of like nonfiction books that I've started and not finished because I'm like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what this book is going to do and it's and it does and it does what it's supposed to do it lays out the formula for you in the beginning yeah. this is what I'm going to do in this book because yeah. that's what the publisher wants then you know and it's just like where wait you just it's like the it's like the movie trailer that like shows the whole movie yeah. <laughs> you know? and you're just like well I don't need to go see the movie now because you've just shown the whole movie in five minutes so I'm done but I think like for me in the writing yeah. world it's like that
0: and I did. I'm really excited. I just I've always looked for my artist muse and people have kind of come in and out, I've had little fixations. So I've never been like this is my person and I mm-hmm. finally about a year ago was like this is my artist muse and I didn't realize she also wrote and so I just <laughs> bought one of her books and I'm so excited because everyone who kind of <laughs> this person's dead now, but oh, everyone who <laughs> sort of reviewed it. Yeah. it has been like, this is like, dissolves your mind. And I'm like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And it's sitting on my nightstand. It's called The Hearing Trumpet. Oh, I like and, that. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. It was hard to, to get a read on this if it was, sort of a spin-off from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland or if it was just kind of like mm. in that genre, I wasn't sure how... What's the name of the artist? Leonora Carrington mm. I was fucking love lover Sweet! I <laughs> don't even know her She's okay. a oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, That's perfect for you And yeah, she was pretty radical and I love her that's awesome. And I didn't even know who the artist was when I first connected with the art and now that I've seen that she's written stuff and I've written I've read one of her short stories and everything she does. I'm just like this person does not go by the mould. You know. Perfect. <laughs> and it feels like refreshing to me. Yeah. To find someone I don't know, yeah, like I had to go back in time to get that, I guess.
1: Well, that's interesting that you use the word refreshing, because I think, right, depending on kind of your personality, that thinking outside the box can, you know, if you meet someone or you find someone, that can be refreshing to you, or it can be really unnerving.
0: Yeah, both. Right, her art is really disturbing. (laughs) (laughs) But also fascinating. But no, I'm just saying, like, for some people, I can see, like, yeah, like...
1: Man, there are people who would just be like, "No way, no way, am I ever touching that?" Like, yeah. that's just that is yeah. just pure crazy. Yeah. But so it's I don't know. I would just be interested to know our listeners like where they kind of fall on that spectrum. Like, do they? Yeah. I'm sure if they're listening to us, they <laughs> like,
0: must be a little bit on a the little bit more artistic on the, side. On the <laughs> breaking molds. <balls> breaking <balls laughs> side. Yeah. Because <laughs> we
1: a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> we just go by the day. Improv. We are. We are. We live jazz. We, <laughs> every day is improv for us. <laughs> That's true. It is true. <laughs>
0: I would think jazz is a very Aquarian yeah. genre of music. Mm. Kind of these erratic improv. I don't know. But there's like this murmuration with it too because it's this group thing. Yeah. And you're playing off of each other and yeah. Oh man I was just reading about murmurations
1: a couple weeks ago and how and why they work and I wish I could remember some details maybe. I, I do remember. know.
0: We studied it this week in class. Oh okay perfect. So the reason at least with starlings mm-hmm. um I don't know if other birds. Do the big murmurations. Anyways, we know starlings are like the main starlings yes, mm-hmm. we think of. Um, it is a defense mechanism against peregrine falcons. And each bird is tuned into the seven closest birds next to it. Mm-hmm. And they're making these patterns that makes it really hard for the falcons to hone in on one single target. And that it really disorients them. Mm-hmm. And they typically go Away defeated because they're just disorienting because <laughs> they're just a, like hypnotized, yeah, Like, whoa, it's, it's a survival strategy, that's cool. yeah. I like the seven,
1: yeah. Um, that's very that's that's my
0: numerology, that's my core, mm, yeah. Um, that's my card, my destiny card, oh, perfect. seven of diamonds, <laughs> seven of diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: But yeah, no, I think um, I don't know. I that's I, and thinking of rhythm in this jazz mm-hmm. thing of just like one of the games that my younger brother and I play sometimes. So I think I've mentioned my brother a few times on this podcast. <laughs> he's a linguist and a jazz musician, so he's one of my favorite people to talk to because we can talk etymology and music all yeah. in the same conversation. Um but one of the things we'll do because he's a jazz drummer, so he's all about the rhythm. And um and I'm a classically trained musician.
0: Didn't we look and his soul age was Aquarian? Maybe. I or Pisces. Nine, I feel like he had a ton of Pisces. I think his Soul Age was Aquarius, though. Okay. okay. That makes sense with the jazz? Anyway,
1: yeah, keep going. No, so because so I'm always trying to get out of my classical like everything is very formulaic and predictable and like the downbeat that you know the the one beat is so easy to find you know it's just like it's there and so we he and I like we'll do this practice where he'll say like okay like find the three and beat Mm. you know and so I've got to like find the you know and it's just like it's so different and the rhythms and the syncopations are so different and it's hard but once you mm. find it and usually it's when I get out of my head yeah you know and I think with the Aquarian thing it's that like how you know like I think we were talking about that getting out of your head, and we were talking about in our pre-talk like the wiring of our brains, yes, and rewiring the brains and our. But brains also are.
0: our our whole system. We have these different axes, like the. Right. Uh, oh, I'm gonna screw this up. I'm just learning these. The hypo. It's Campos. not. Hypo, no, uh, the hypo. Uh, one of the hypos. <laughs> I don't think it's hypothalamus, but it's the... Yeah. Anyway, one of those pituitary adrenal axis, and it has a lot to do with our mm-hmm. stress wiring. Yeah. Yeah. And the autonomic uh, nervous system, these things all relate to me to Aquarian stuff. And they really get pre-wired... From what I've learned this week, so I'm generalizing this. There's probably a lot more specificity to it. <laughs> don't worry, we're new. We're new here too. <laughs> in the uterus, in like the second trimester. Yeah. But the fetus will have these um, major spasms, and they don't really know why that happens, but they do know that it helps connect our different systems and wiring of those. Mm. And to me that's a very, you know, these winter themes of Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, to me they have a double layer. There's like the old layer that's breaking apart and then there's the new dream which is the seed or the fetus that's kind of you know, developing inside of a vessel. Mm. And that mid phase to me is very aquarian in terms of the fetus of that's the moment where these spasms are happening. And these, yeah. and <laughs> Season of spasms, you're welcome. But you think of the <laughs> old breaking apart and yes. movements happening to break, you know, you really, it's the season of group movements to kind of, it takes that to break the old system. Because it's usually become oppressive or repressive. But in the new dream, spasms and movement are also happening yeah. to connect the wiring. But I was like thinking about that in terms of the new dream in the outer world too. And these movements in some ways are creating new connections and new wiring in our world. I'm ready for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I like I mean I do like that kind of like Sorry. these are maybe weird leaps. No.
1: I hope you're following. I'm following. <laughs> Um, as long as I'm happy, we're all happy, right? Uh, but it
0: makes me wonder if, like, you have some stressful wiring that developed when you were young. If Aquarius season is a time mm. we were talking about this before, is maybe Aquarius and Pisces season being a time you can work on rewiring, rewiring a little if you're not happy with your wiring. <laughs>
1: I'm always about rewiring. I feel like I will never not be rewiring.
0: But I think in the system to system, not like. Yeah. I feel like a Gemini's phase might be like the neurogenesis, but the Aquarian is like these axis systems, or systems are connected to systems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. As as a Gemini rising, I'm just like, "Ah, I'm always in my head. (laughs) <laughs> and the rest of my body wants me to pay attention. <laughs> I'm working on it, um, but yeah, no, I do love. I do. I am feeling. I don't know. I was talking about it earlier, just creatively, that kind of like those spasms of the new stuff coming, where I have these bursts of yeah. like, and then I'll just, and then I'll kind of be like, whoa, okay, that was. I gotta, yeah. And then boom, I'll do another burst. You know, so yeah, yeah, it
0: feels like to me, Aquarian energy isn't linear growth. It's like quantum leaps. (laughs) That's how I wrote a book proposal in five days. Everybody, (laughs) so that was nuts.
1: Uh. Don't tell the agent yeah. I pitched it to that it only took me five days. <laughs> sure, yeah, I've been working on that for, for months. years. Or, yeah, <laughs> I can get that to you and not sleep for five days um and write eight chapters for you. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but it's definitely like getting back to this eighth progression with with Aquarian stuff. It's like I feel like Aquarius season is always the loud, rowdy are shouting season but it's been fairly quiet because um, we're so tired <laughs> we're so tired yeah <laughs> but I think that uh, that kind of scorpionic progression is like it's a little secretive and we're all kind of going mm. under the surface and laser focused on something to uproot and see where all this stuff is stuck but soon Will cross over to the later degrees of Aquarius are in a ninth progression, and I think it will be a little bit louder then.
1: Well, I think I think we're all questioning the groups we we yeah. used to rally with, you know. So I think that's yes. maybe why it's quiet too, because it's like, do I still want to rally with this group? Is there another thing coming yeah. up? Like, who? Where's? Where do I want to put my energy now, yeah. and it's going to be different than where I put my energy before. Yes. So I think people are still feeling that out of just like, mm-hmm. who do I march with? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you know how do how do I do this now?
0: Yeah. But this coming the ninth progression Aquarian degrees have a Sagittarian flavor, and that is about friction and debate and philosophies and beliefs. And so I think it will get fairly contentious. All right, but, debaters, let's go. it also <laughs> has the opportunity to expand your perspectives if you're good at listening and not dogmatic, and push your boundaries and horizons so you could really open new doors to groups you have access to and having vision for groups and you know so there's you know there's the side that's um, frictional and the side that's optimistic and hopeful I think both I mean usually both sides of any progression play out there's good and bad in each progression (laughs) so but I think it's going to get after I don't know what are we at like nine something Degrees. Yeah, give it nine days from now. What day is it? The 28th? It's the 28th, so like by the 27th, 6th or 7th 7th of February. Yeah. Things will kind of shift to a more vocal place. (laughs) It's gonna get loud. I'm gonna get louder. (laughs) But we've also, it's really interesting. every year, as I go through the whole solar cycle, and kind of tune into my theories, and fill into them, and experience them, you know, they grow and develop, and, and really tapped into more of how the planets go through synodic cycles, so relationships with the earth around the sun, so they each we have a relationship with each planet, and as that as that planet, and we move around the sun, There's sort of like a hero's journey between that relationship Mm. that plays out. And I've really noticed, and a lot of this has happened in the last few weeks, that when planets from our view go behind the sun, it just, it's almost like it, it's like an undertow to me. Mm. And Pluto went behind, I think it was like two weeks ago, and it was like, And I tracked last year, something happened to me last year that Ann kind of knows about, and it's too ridiculous to talk about on the (laughs) podcast, (laughs) so I'm not going to. Uh But it was like a wave picked me up, and I had no control of what this (laughs) thing, obsession, was. (laughs) And um, it doesn't matter what it was, but like something, it was like this wave, this undertone toe caught me. I trapped, And it was last year, it was exactly when Pluto went behind Mm -hmm. the sun again. And it happened again this year in a different thing, but not as powerfully. Pluto was definitely like part of that 2020 power conjunction. So it had just like a lot of emphasis, Um, but it explained a lot. And then a few days ago, Saturn went behind. I'm not as connected. And that like really helped me see like which planets really do i have strong relationships with and saturn went behind and it didn't affect me too much but today and tonight jupiter went behind and i'm sad rising and that's its ruler my chart ruler and it was like all of a sudden i felt like i was a weightless anchor that had nowhere to go it was very strange and i'm like okay these are real these like yeah strange movements of our solar system really yeah moments yeah that's interesting yeah. so and i kind of if you follow my sun and moon i talked a little bit about this but if you are a scorpio okay wait we have pluto so a scorpio okay. a capricorn a sagittarian to a lesser degree um, Aquarius and Pisces have co-rulers, so they have another ruler that's not behind, so they can kind of anchor into those instead, but if you're a little more attached as a Pisces to Jupiter than Neptune, or as Aquarius to Saturn than Uranus, then these signs definitely could be feeling these kind of like undertow feelings of like really having to tap into different senses to navigate,
1: I love that you're using undertow and that, you know, you yeah. started this out with water. Yes. You know, and just like, there is no grounding, you know, like, yeah. y- your body is different in water, your, yeah. it, you know, it's like, you, know, you are kind of weightless, yeah. and you're easily tossed around.
0: The one that's so interesting to me, so like, and I, I would be curious next year when it happens I'm gonna worry people I want to do a study on this <laughs> because I do not know why Pluto affects me so much because I don't have a lot of well I guess my moon is close to Pluto but anyway it's not like a chart ruler or a ruler of my Sun or anything and it rocked my world last year and this year when it went behind the Sun I was thinking about it and I'm like, well, Pluto is like Hades. It is the underworld. And so the underworld went under the underworld. (laughs) And that's terrifying. So like it'd be interesting to see how many people kind of felt this like, yeah, really deep, deep, deep undertow. Is that why I'm eating so much? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I talked to you on the day that happened with Pluto and you were kind of like weirded out too I can't remember what was going on I know today, yeah but, there was something um, there was I'm something. trying to remember man that one's been catching me these last two years now I'm gonna start paying attention if it's just where it currently is because it moves so slow so it's not too far from where it was last year I don't know if it's the degrees it's in that's affecting me or if there's if that it's just such a potent planet it does it to everybody or or if uh, Deeper relationship than I thought with it. Yeah, I don't know. I also think you are just really sensitive to,
1: yeah. like, in general. Like you, you seem to kind of get a sense of where planets are. You know, you're yeah. really sensitive to your feelings and emotions, and where the rest of us are just eating <laughs> our
0: feelings. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't feel Saturn very much though. Mm. This went under. Maybe I wasn't distracted with starting school. Well that would explain actually that. Years of authorities. Here we go. Ta da. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh... I just, I
1: just, all I know is I'm eating a lot. I don't know which planet is making me do that. <laughs> but I want it to go away. <laughs>
0: Well, your card says just flow with it. I'm it's just cool. Gonna flow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just keep eating a Thanksgiving meal every day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, it's winter COVID time. I keep if telling, telling myself right. that. <laughs> I'm Just like. But I'm supposed anyway. Yeah. Like the coat is everyone gaining the COVID 15? Yeah, I.
1: But I'm also fanatically skiing every day too yeah. so
0: well I mean that built up some that's a calorie burner oh yeah I mean probably but again this. I'm burning the candle at both ends yeah. so um, putting, oh. putting all of your systems to work I am putting all <laughs> the systems
1: to work that is true, I, true. <laughs> I'm burning all of them at all of them which is why i need the water to just like douse the fire it's a
0: stress test on how your systems connect to each other oh my god i just I need, I need the ocean
1: for a while for a long while that's what i need um but i do uh that did make me just think of that like that idea of flowing uh in more of a oceanic way that just kind of ebb and flow yeah and I think sometimes I have a hard time with the ebb letting mm-hmm. things just chill like yeah. I'm always just like in some ways just constant going in one way or another yeah
0: yes yeah <laughs> it's a lot always in aquarius season so um the good news is the sun is coming back to life it is in the northern hemisphere even though it's starting to come back it tends to be the coldest season because of seasonal lag but uh, We just don't want summer to come too fast. No, I just (laughs) want to live in spring and fall. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like winter, actually. I don't mind it. I actually like winter, but I know a lot of people... Winter's great
1: because I can go skiing and work really hard and not overheat. Yes, agreed. The overheating part. Yeah, like I can be super... Like, I can move as fast as I want to move and not overheat. It's the best.
0: Yeah. Um, we're both pretty fair, so we don't need the vitamin D as much as a lot of people know. So I know a lot of people get a little depressed around now. and <laughs> I have just enough sun, finally. I know. i like, it's perfect for me. <laughs> like, I
1: still am not going out in the middle of the day because it's too sunny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like, I have to wait for the sun
1: to almost be yeah. down for me to go outside. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're halfway through winter in the astrological sense, anyway. And that means we've got Imbolc coming up yeah.
1: midwinter, February 1st, for any people following the Celtic
0: yeah. pagan calendar. What's the goddess of Imbolc? Bridget? Bridget? Oh, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. So, goddess of the dawn. Yeah. Um, your favorite... So, if you were to map this period of time onto a 24-hour day, <clears throat> it's like, um, 4 a.m. maybe? That's when I wake up. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> no. I'm like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's the best time to I wake up. I really is. wish I could. I think it's a very beautiful time of day when I have time of day, time of the <laughs> It's <laughs> the 24-hour system. <laughs> <laughs> it's AM <laughs> time of morning. morning. Twilight. Um I always love it when I am forced to get out of bed and go somewhere early, but on my own account, like it's not gonna happen. But I do think it's sort of a magical time. It is a super magical time. I just find the magic in my dreams and a comfortable. Yeah, there we <laughs> <laughs> I like them both. I like being up or asleep, but I will and I'm not get up doing I my have yoga, moving. It's the best time to move and breathe. So, depending on your relationship to four a.m., <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that could map onto like how active and restful um, you want to be. You know? I just like would I describe myself
1: as restful? No. So I'm gonna work on that. I think <laughs> that's part of the softening yeah. and surrendering. Restful. Yeah.
0: Like I am pretty much always asleep at 4 a.m. So I'm trying to
1: like I think that's why I like it though, is because I know most people are asleep and it's like I know this is my even though like I live alone, I have no children, no nothing, I have plenty of alone time, there's something extra awesome about knowing like the whole world's asleep. Yeah. At least in your in my region. But in my head, the whole world is asleep. (laughs) And this is is my magic time. Like,
0: I did when I was a figure skater. I used to have to get up about then to get to the rink. And, yeah, it was always so beautiful. Or, you know, when I was doing a lot of photo shoots, there would be a lot of early morning ones. And, yeah, it was definitely a magical time Mm -hmm. to be up when no one else is
1: really. Right, because all the night owls are just getting yeah. into bed, mm-hmm, and everyone else yeah. is still sleeping, so it's like, 4 a.m., like, hardly anyone's awake
0: at that yeah. time. Yeah, I did actually just write, was having to do a writing exercise for one of my fiction characters for a book I'm doing, and it was, you know, really having to put her in relationship to setting and world, and um, kind of practice that, and... Was it really centered that around that time of day and her? Um, she's kind of in a survival mode and being hunted, and so that's when she moved a lot. And I don't know, it was just interesting to kind of explore that time of day in that scenario, too. These 4 a.m. ish hours. Hmm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I guess I don't know if that makes sense to me the Aquarian
0: time. And it is, so, even though it can bring a lot of group activity, um, no single person in the group has to put in a super amount of effort. That group energy kind of picks up the wave, and so there's still that element of being able to be restful, even though there's a lot of movement, Mm. which is interesting to me. I like that. I'm such a nerd.
1: Maybe that's why I like doing yoga at 4 a.m. Because yeah. I'm moving, but it's restful. Yeah. It's like a... Um, it's a nice way to start my day. Like Very nourishing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're probably... Yeah, we're at an hour or so. We did it. Happy Aquarius season, everyone. It's the full moon tonight. I don't think everyone's gonna listen on the actual close to the full moon, so I'm not gonna go into that. But um I guess we'll be back with our last season of the zodiacal year is Pisces. Right. So next season. And that is spaciness and get ready. You can't tell. We're checking out. We're just slowly checking out.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thanks, Thanks
0: everyone.